Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Probably Should Have Known Better. We love our listeners and want to make sure you feel safe listening to the topics we cover. So here are your trigger warnings for this episode on in and out We cover homophobia, fat shaming as depicted in the film, as well as one mention of assault. Enjoy! In the quiet town of Greenleaf, Indiana, a high school teacher is about to be married. After three long years, and I'm sure a lot of you were asking, what was the problem? You said it! <laughs> a former student is about to be honored. And the winner is... Cameron Drake to serve and protect. But for Howard Brackett... I'd like to dedicate this whole night to a great guy and a great teacher, to Howard Brackett from Greenleaf, Indiana. Oh a bombshell is about to drop. And he's gay. Howard, what is he talking about? I have no idea. But no, I've been looking forward to this all day. I just, I feel like, I feel like we're gonna fix homophobia. <laughs> well, okay. Well, should we just start? Should we start? We should, we should just start. Okay. Do you want to kick it off or should I? Uh, you kick it off. Okay. Or maybe I should kick it off because you kicked it off last time. Yeah, that that's totally fine. Okay, cool. Uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, I would um, I would say like the title of the podcast, and I would say like each of our names. Okay, that okay, would be, okay, like, okay. The cool. main the main thing. Cool, 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 cool. Okay, I could do that. Hey everybody, welcome to Probably Should Have Known Better. It's your girl, Nadia Vasquez, and joining me, as always, is my best pal, Tony Dinocchio. Hey everyone, that was very sweet, Nadia, thank you. Oh, anytime. I could talk about you for ages, and I have, and my mom loves you a lot. Fun fact. That's very, that's very sweet. <laughs> uh, I love her, please tell, please give her my best. I definitely will. Just for our listeners, uh, Tony was very sweet and spent a Christmas with us once, and uh, he's famous in my family now. So. It was uh, Chris- Christmas 2012, I think. Oh, so uh, specific. We spent most of the evening looking at uh, cake fails. Cake Rex. Yeah. Cake Rex, the blog. <laughs> it was like 3 a.m., and we were just looking at uh, just terrible uh, terrible wedding cakes uh, and, and uh, or, or birthday cakes. Uh, so check that out. Just quick plug uh, for them. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of Rex, today we're going to talk about the delightful movie in and out starring Kevin Klein and Joan Cusack, among other heavy hitters. I I am still thinking about this movie. I, I just, think it's a delight. <laughs> I'm, utter, I'm utterly baffled by it. Okay, well, Tony, can you give us a short synopsis for those who haven't seen it? Well, of course, yeah. So this so this movie uh, came out, I was 10. I remember it coming out. This was uh, September of 1997. And uh, the premise is uh, Kevin Klein uh, is a kind of beloved high school English teacher in a small town in Indiana. Uh, And one of his former students uh, has become a a big successful actor and uh, he just uh, he wins an Oscar in the first act of the film. And during his acceptance speech, which is kind of a send up of Tom Hanks's acceptance speech when he won the Oscar for Philadelphia during his acceptance speech, he's like, and I want to thank the man who got me here. 
Mr. Howard Beckett, my English teacher, and the whole small town in Indiana is watching, and they're like, that's great, it's a native son, he's thanking this guy that we all know and love, and uh, and then the uh, the actor says, I want to thank my English teacher, and he's gay. <laughs> that's such a strange way to out someone. And he's yes. just like a side note, he's gay. Well, and... and uh, Matt Dillon, who plays the the guy winning the Oscar, was playing a gay character to win the Oscar. Right. So, As one uh, does. so he's like, I want to shout out this uh, this gay man in my life who was an inspiration to me. The problem is, uh, Kevin Klein, uh, as far as he knows, is not gay, uh, and nobody in the town uh, knew or thinks that he's gay. So now this entire small town in indiana in 1997 is apparently like torn apart <laughs> by the idea that a gay man uh walked among them yeah. so there's there's a lot of dealing with um the aftermath of uh of this acceptance speech and uh, especially kevin klein uh it, has to deal with this with his fiance, who is played by Joan Cusack, and they're getting married like a week after the Oscars. So, yeah, and it's a comedy. Just, <laughs> just have to remind everyone. <laughs> it's a comedy. It's a comedy about about like how society treats uh, a gay man, right? And how how uh, how a gay man like goes around in his small town right. and. Again, this, like, I remember this movie coming out, and it is such a bizarre artifact of a completely, a completely different time. And again, that different time wasn't that long ago. It right. was September 19th, 1997. And it's it's times like these, Nadia, that I wish <laughs> we had a segment of the podcast where you could explain to me what was going on in the world oh, uh, you mean around like, the time this movie came out. You mean, like, former current events? Oh, thank God. Yeah, of course. Former current events. <laughs> well, I'm happy to give you a little more information about that time. But let me just say, this was 1997. It was a completely different time in general, in especially with queer history, which I'm going to go into. Um, but uh, the first thing is, is that this movie is directed by Frank Oz, who is the voice of Yoda, Miss Piggy, Grover, and the Cookie Monster. So this guy... And, and Bert. I want to make sure oh, we I'm get sorry. Bert in I'm there. sorry, Bert. I'm sorry, Bert. I almost forgot you. But he, it's amazing. He's a G. Like, this guy is, is sick. So, um, this movie was made in 1997. Like Tony says, it's a send-off of Tom Hanks's winning Oscar uh, speech where he thanks his gay teacher. And the writer, Paul Rudnick, was like, wouldn't it be hilarious if we made a movie about this? And uh, the writer, I just want to give some backstory on the writer because we're going to probably go into this because I'm really upset that there are actually no people of color in this movie, which is <laughs> there some, are zero. something that I keep track of for this podcast specifically. But uh, Paul Rudnick also wrote Adam's Family Values and the Stepford Wives, the, the remake with Nicole Kidman. And he was also the script doctor for the first Adam's Family and my personal favorite movie, The First Wives Club. So he's, he's a very successful writer, and he's very openly gay. Um, but just like a fun fact, I don't know. I'm not trying to say anything libelous, but I read that he wrote Sister Act under a pseudonym, Joseph Howard. And they originally were writing this for Bette Midler. And they by the time huh. they reworked it for Whoopi Goldberg, he refused to use his real name. So you're saying... I'm just saying he could be he could be racist. I'm just I'm not saying 
saying anything. But let's put that into the co- the context. You know, we're talking okay. about the 90s. People could be a little racist. We're talking about the 90s when people are definitely homophobic. Um, but as far as, as queer history goes, there's a lot to unpack for this time. Let's give you a little context here. In 1990, homosexuality was no longer considered an, an illness, according to right. the World Health Organization. So, you know, progress. It's happening. It, but it's baby steps still at this point. Baby steps. But, you know, we took a baby step. Maybe not so big, a, tiny of a baby step. But uh, in 1993, Don't Ask, Don't Tell was instituted by our old mm-hmm. friend Bill Clinton. So, you know, you couldn't ask anyone if they were queer, if they were in the military, but if they admitted to it or became an open person or engaged in homosexual activities, you could be just discharged from the military. So, you know, there's a lot going on. Uh, and, and, you know, back in World War II times, I learned, queer people were imprisoned. So I guess this was a step up. In the States? Yeah. Jesus. They were dishonorably discharged as well. Sure. So I guess in a way this is progress, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. So let's fast forward to 1997. And this is where I feel like pop culture is like, fuck you to everything about homophobia. And because pop culture is so influential in America, I feel like it definitely influenced just culture in general. Uh, but in 1997, that was the year that Ellen came out on her show. Oh, wow. So that it's a fucking huge year. So this is a watershed year for all of queer culture. Absolutely. Well, white queer, queer culture. What? Yeah, sorry. White queer culture <laughs> uh, for real. rich people. Right, right, right. So uh, Ellen, in her fourth season, uh, comes out as gay, her character. And, uh, you know, there's rumors about it before the episode actually comes out. And this is... This gives us context of the movie that we're watching here because when that was kind of announced, everybody was freaking out and companies started to pull their sponsorship from Ellen's show. So like JCPenney, Chrysler, and Wendy's, they were like, you know what, you're a little too gay, so we're pulling out. Which is weird when you consider how much Chrysler is a gay icon now. <laughs> yes, honey. Uh, it's, but the the good news is, is that a lot of organizations like Glad were sponsoring let Ellen out parties like they were just like having them around the country and the HRC had come out with Ellen party packages that you could order before the episode aired that had decorations and posters and all the stuff it was wild they sold like 3,000 of them so in in a way Americans were ready to see more queer people on TV where people were excited to be represented and obviously like now the government isn't reflecting the change that people are ready for uh so you know in a way, Ellen coming out on TV opened the door for a lot of other queer TV and movies, including Will and Grace, which is huge. And obviously, sure. they have a reboot now because it was that big. And, you know, networks are like, what are we going to do? I guess we got to bring right. this Right, yeah. It's also also because NBC has, like, nothing else. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I can't say enough about the L word and queer as folk and obviously in and out. This, again, is, I want to be very clear, is are very white queer stories um but eventually those paved the way for people of color to have their stories told and ugly betty was made which is a very uh queer friendly show so you know again progress i just i remember (laughs) um i remember very specifically um I i didn't see the ellen episode as it aired but i remember the the hubbub around it and i remember um there was a Time magazine cover mm-hmm. with a like a serious photo of Ellen 
uh, like her looking sternly at the camera, which is weird when you think about like what she's doing now. And exactly. How she's, you know, still this comedic uh, icon. Uh, and uh, and just like the cover, the headline on time was, yep, she's gay. <laughs> no, it's yep, I'm gay. Oh, yep, I'm gay. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. She's but, just like, I'm doing it. Everyone lost their shit when that came out. I remember that. But then, if I remember correctly, there was another Time magazine, like, four weeks later or whatever, after the sponsors started to pull out, that was like, yep, she's too gay. (laughs) I want that framed and in my house. (laughs) Oh my god, as a queer woman, I'm, like, represented. That's fucking sick. But you know what? It's it's kind of sad. Uh, Like you mentioned, obviously, when sponsorships and stuff pull out, networks start to freak out and ellen the show got canceled the previous season so you know in a way america wasn't ready but in a way america was like also fuck you because all this other great incredible queer content came out and people you know logo networks started like this is huge for a lot of people and it was great Well, i think even if even if america wasn't ready you know we were lucky to have lucky to have writers and, and performers that were like we don't care if america's ready Right. Uh, we're going to do this anyways. Right, right. And, and obviously Paul Rudnick as an out homosexual man was like, I'm just going to write this movie. And I don't think he, because the movie was shooting during when Ellen was shooting her show as well for that particular season. So it's not like he anticipated it or was writing on the back of the coming out or anything. There is one line. There's that, there's a reference to it, There's her, a right? reference to it that I think was added in post with ADR because it was like way louder than the other stuff. Yeah, but no, it was... but you can't see you can't see anyone say the line. Yeah, but but they, when Kevin Klein is being uh interviewed by some reporters about it, which we'll go into, someone says, "Do you know Ellen?" Because all queer people know all each other. All gay people know each other. Absolutely right. It's the best. Should be self-evident at this point. It was a lot of fun, but that was the, a little bit of queer history. So in in actuality, what we're seeing is people kind of having uh, geriatric reactions to this, but we have to remember the time that this came in. So, you know, don't be yeah. too, too hard on these beautiful little people. Well, and we'll, I mean, when we talk about the film in a minute, I think we're going to get to the same place. I feel like everything about this film works. Oh, yeah. Except... The main thing that the film is about feels <laughs> really weird. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm I mean, I don't I'm not speaking for the writer, but I definitely yeah. think that he was thinking, what's the worst case scenario? I'm gonna write about that. Um mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what his coming out story was, but you know, it it's it's very interesting because he, it's very tongue in cheek, which is yeah. I think glorious and beautiful, but it's also very dated watching it now. I still laugh. Incredibly laughed. dated. I thought it was incredibly dated. A I, la- I laughed at, at multiple things. Yeah, yeah. I I really enjoyed myself watching the film. Uh, I had seen it before and I watched it again for this and I I laughed at things that the movie wanted me to laugh at, which <laughs> as opposed to like our film last week, which was just objectively awful, and I watched Stoneface. Which we never mentioned, but Tony texted me and said, did you know What Women Want was written by three people? Three people <laughs> wrote that script. Oh three God. people wrote that script. And by the way, two of them were women. Oh, that's sad. The third one was a man, and I assume he was saying, I assume the whole time he just kept saying, I gotta think like a broad. <laughs> 
horrible. We got to focus on In and Out, and, and I want to talk a little bit about the success of this film. So, In and Out opened at number one in the country. Wow. Uh, it uh, made $15 million in its first week. Its total domestic gross was a little under uh, $64 million, wow. which is, you know, by no means a smash hit, but certainly very successful. I mean, uh, number cer- one for a movie yeah. about a gay guy, that's pretty fucking tight. Yeah, number one movie in America. Yeah. One of the top 25 grossing films of 1997. Wow. Uh, Box Office Mojo lists it as the seventh highest grossing gay and lesbian film of all time. Get out of town. Do you know what number one was? I do. And Brokeback I Mountain? Want to... Is that my guess? It, it was not Brokeback Mountain. Uh, it's The Birdcage. Oh, my God. That is <laughs> Which, a great movie. <laughs> it is a great movie. And unlike this movie actually stars a gay man. Yeah. Yeah, no, The Birdcage is awesome. Uh, so that that was the highest grossing uh, gay and lesbian film of all time. Wow. In and Out was seventh. Uh, in great company. In great company. Good job, In and Out. Absolutely. In terms of uh, Frank Oz's filmography, this is his third most successful film. Um, he's basically directed a lot of uh, smaller but very well loved comedies. Uh, his highest grossing film is What About Bob, which is the Bill Murray psychiatric patient comedy actually saying that out loud uh we should probably do an episode about that. (laughs) i've never seen it so i'd love to he's directed some other niche comedies he directed bowfinger he directed uh one of my absolute favorite films of all time uh little shop of horrors oh with rick moranis with rick moranis yeah wow wow that he is also an american treasure and i miss him yeah uh and he directed uh one muppet movie he directed the muppets take man and death at a funeral right the original? Yes, he directed. That's right. The original. That was good. Frank Oz is good. And I, you know what? I, I have to say I have a soft spot for movies made in this time period, not because, not only because I grew up watching them, but I just feel like they were just fun. It, it, I feel like movies now aren't as fun. There's a lot of like, oh, we got to show tits and ass and drugs and smoking weed and Seth Rogen and all that stuff. And like, no, no, no shade because I love that stuff but I do miss this kind of wholesome Kevin Klein slapsticky comedy and you know I think we just need to see more of Joan Cusack that's all I have to say I'm pro Joan Cusack yes and I I will say Kevin Klein Joan Cusack Tom Selleck and Matt Dillon as the four leads probably the single best performance from each of them in their career yeah Kevin Klein maybe fish called Wanda edges it out uh, but all of this, you just, like, as dated as this film is. They'll still make you laugh. They'll make you feel feelings. That's all you want to do it's when you so watch a movie. It's so charming. But the one it's person, so heartwarming. The one person who stole my heart was Joan Cusack. And I, she was nominated for an Oscar for this. And I, I had that in mind when I was watching it. And I thought, like, there aren't a lot of actresses who get nominated for Oscars in a comedy, just Joan Cusack and Melissa McCarthy, but it it was an incredible performance. If don't even listen to this until you've seen it at this point, because she is so incredible, and I'm just gonna scream at the top of my lungs th- throughout this entire episode because yeah. she is a masterclass in comedic acting. Incredible. She, ugh, I just love her. I love her brother too. The whole family. Oh yeah, no, we we love the Cusacks. <laughs> this is a pro. This is a pro Cusack podcast. I will say, um, the last thing I want to say about the uh, the success of the film. It not only was commercially successful and it was nominated for an Oscar, but this was a huge critical success. All of the 
um, kind of mainstream reviews at, at the time, and we'll get into them later uh, later in the show. All of the mainstream reviews at the at the time hailed this film as groundbreaking using that word specifically like oh my gosh it's a film where a gay man is the main character and it's about him being gay and nobody dies right and it's fun and it's enjoyable uh this is um this is just such a such a breath of fresh air so it was it was really interesting to see the reception of this film totally um but should we should we get into the breakdown of the film? Oh heck yeah! I mean, my first question is, what did you take away from it? Like, what was the message that you got? <sighs> okay, so because we're looking at things with a critical eye, with the kind of mindset of today. But I feel like this film is also made in a very tongue in cheek kind of way. So you don't have to have that critical of an eye, but you do have to notice what he's trying to say. I think here. Here's here's my first reaction to the film. Okay. Uh okay. I'm going to I'm going to use a metaphor so brace yourself. <laughs> okay. Say you were sitting down with a friend. Maybe the friend is me. It doesn't matter who the friend is. <laughs> uh I love you're this. sitting down with you're sitting down with a friend and you're talking about the issues of the day. Mm-hmm. And your friend says, "Hey, we need to make sure that we treat gay people with respect and dignity and humanity and love. Okay. Y- your reaction would be like, yeah, absolutely. That's right. great. We should we should absolutely do that. Totally. And then your friend says, hang on, I'm not finished. No! <laughs> no! And then your friend goes on to say, we need to, tra- we need to treat gay people with respect and dignity and humanity and love because gay men are exactly like straight men, except they like Barbara Streisand and dancing. Yes! <laughs> there were so many Barbara Streisand references in this movie. I was like, wow, I hope Barbara Streisand gets paid for this. It, It's, like I said, it's the film has a good message, but... <laughs> The it ties gay identity so closely to we love dancing to disco music and yeah. Barbara Streisand is our queen. Totally, and you know what? I I understand what he's trying to do, Paul. I'm, I'm when I say he, I mean Paul Rudnick. Yeah, our I, friend Paul Rudnick, our, friend of the show, pal Paul. Yeah, I understand what he's trying to do. You know, you're taking some of the biggest stereotypes about gay men, maybe even perhaps white gay men um but you're taking these stereotypes and you're blowing them up and you're making a very lovable character and everybody in his life still loves him and i think that's the most important thing that you have to take away from it even the students when they find out that he's gay they treat him differently but they still love him no one's ever like uh you're such a blah you're such a blah it's there's it's always good natured there's very kind-hearted people a part of it except for the principal but we'll get into that so (laughs) i i understand what he was trying to do you only have so much time to establish that someone is a beloved character um but i just think that you know i I read an article also that was like this is actually a really hurtful movie (laughs) yeah because what if there is this little gay kid in his hometown and he doesn't like barbara streisand then he doesn't right he doesn't feel like he's gay enough Right. And that's a little sad. That's the biggest distance that I feel between when this film came out and now is, you know, I think, you know, I I hope that, you know, many people have kind of a much more um, varied understanding of 
who a gay man can be. Right. Well, we'll call this we'll call this a a homosexual male trope. <laughs> and and it's a very it's very tropey. It's very like here's a general broad stroke idea of what a gay man is. You love him, we love him. This is how people deal with it. And you yeah. know, I I respect it. It's fine. It, it's <laughs> um, it's problematic, you, but it's hilarious. The it's a very good-natured you, movie. You say we'll call it a homosexual trope, but remember in 1997, this was the homosexual trope. Right, right, there right. There was one. This was <laughs> one also sorry one more thing i i one more thing i know we keep putting off talking about the plot you've seen the poster for this film oh yeah it's kevin klein dancing with holding a bouquet i think yes that's yeah. correct yeah yeah um that guy doesn't look like kevin klein to me that looks like a different guy <laughs> it's a body and double i'm a fucking truther on this and i will be till i die <laughs> it, i don't know who that actor is on the poster now sorry I'm, hold on i want to look this up in and out poster Oh, oh my God! You're totally right. This doesn't look right? like him at all. No, it looks like a completely looks different like, dude. It looks like a mixture of Kevin Klein and Rob Lowe. It yeah, he looks um, it's like a younger looking dude too. I feel. Yeah. Oh wow. Kevin Klein was like, no, no, no. You know what? I'm done. <laughs> you guys can do your own promos. I'm out of here. In any event. <laughs> In any event, uh. When the film opens, you know, we see some uh, establishing shots of this uh, idyllic small town in Indiana. I wanted we to learn live about there. Kevin Klein. It's so cute. I wanted to live it there. It is. It's charming. Yeah. It's charming. Kevin Klein is a teacher at a prep school. One of his students, by the way, is Lauren Ambrose, who's uh, Claire in Six Feet Under. Yeah, uh, and so... another of the students is uh, the actress who plays Ross Geller's girlfriend, the underage student. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, in Friends. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I don't know Good her name. Good catch there. And no, you nailed it. It's uh, Ross Geller's underage suit. <laughs> uh, so. I feel so bad. Kevin yeah. Klein, uh, his character, he's, you know, he's well-liked by his students. He, like, he, like a kid hugs him because he got into college. And he's like, you helped me get into college, which is so right. sweet. You, you see that he puts it all of himself into his teaching. And obviously yeah. all of this is establishing... How much he's loved. Yeah, and he is, and Kevin Klein, like I said, absolutely charming. Uh, just you, you fall in love with this character right away. Uh, soon enough, he goes over to see his fiance, whom he's going to be marrying in a week, played by Joan Cusack. A national treasure. National treasure. One of the weird storylines on Joan Cusack, although it is, I think, explained well and built out later, uh, is that she, her character used to be fat. Oh yeah. And basically lost all of this weight off of Richard Simmons' videos. Right. Uh, they're excited to get married because they've been engaged for three years. Right. And um, she's but... also an orphan. So you have to... Oh. Both of her parents passed away. I forgot about that. Okay, so this gets dark early. Yeah, yeah. She's she's an orphan, formerly overweight woman who is marrying this man and who is helping her pick out her wedding dress, which is like the first indication. Should Like she should have started putting the puzzle pieces together. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, in my mind, I was like, why is he seeing her in her wedding dress? This is bad yeah, luck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but so so she her, her whole storyline is that she's finding her worth now that she's thin, which I hate. And uh, But it was because he was marrying her. That's the re real reason why right. she started to lose all that. She weight. feels loved, right? Um, 
and and you know that is to some degree sweet <laughs> uh, yeah but really we just kind of press ahead to the inciting incident of the film which is of course the oscars oh my gosh uh, well i just want to say they do an incredible job of cre- recreating the Oscars. They have Glenn Close reading the yeah. the best actor nominees. Presenting. Presenting. And the movies are all fake, obviously. But the one the one with Matt Dillon, they actually show pretty much all of the movie. Or at least a very long extended and, trailer. And it's fucking hilarious. I wanted to see that as a movie. <laughs> um, in addition to Glenn Close, by the way, other celebrity cameos we see Whoopi Goldberg, former Oscar winner herself. Right. Uh, is there, and of course, uh, the entertainment reporter covering the red carpet is played by Tom Selleck. Matt Dillon was in like a, a, a Oscar Beatty sort of film where he plays a gay Marine. Right, who falls in love with one of the men that he's in war with. And uh, this man loses all feeling in his legs. And there's the first scene is him running through this battlefield while all of these explosions are happening and he's carrying the guy and he's like hey i love you and matt dillon's like in a in like a brotherly way and he's like no in another way and he's like in a friend way and so on and so forth for a while just keep saying in another way but it's never said <laughs> and, and matt dillon matt dillon is hilarious in all of this he just plays it all completely dumb and straight incredible uh he had already done singles uh at this point so he he had already made fun of himself a little bit in in films but like this is just excellent matt dillon um he's like court martialed <laughs> for being gay <laughs> which i shouldn't laugh about because in 1997 you could be court martialed for being gay but the the uh the evidence that the <laughs> the um, prosecutor presents against him is like, you have an autographed copy of Beaches, and Matt Dillon's like, you give that back! <laughs> it's so funny. It's so specific. I, again, I have to reiterate that this was written by a queer man, but never forget that he is white, and he loves Beaches. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It was, it was a good, like, ten minutes of the movie. I wished it was longer. Yeah. It's uh, great. The other great gag is Glenn Close reading the other nominees and the movies they were nominated for. <laughs> My personal favorite being, and the final nominee is Steven Seagal for Snowball in Hell. <laughs> it's so good. What ends up happening is Matt Dillon. What's his character's name again? Uh, I have that. It's Cameron. Cameron uh, Drake. Cameron Drake, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, maybe that's where Aubrey got his name. Because that is Cameron that Drake is where is so he got his name. He talks cool. about it in uh, like worst behavior or something. Oh yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. So Cameron Drake, he he wins the award after saying like, I don't think that actors should be pitted against each other like dogs. And Tom Selleck asks him, Well, why are you here then? And he's like, Just in case I win. And he's stoked that he's winning, and he's all excited. He does his acceptance speech, and he thanks Kevin Klein's character which I forget his name. I'm bad at this. Howard Brackett. He thanks Howard, his teacher. And in that moment, there's the only kind of moment of stillness that occurs in this film because it's it's very wild. Except for Kevin Klein slowly letting his wrist go slack. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. I didn't. And that was the one of the most hilarious but also 
obvious gags <laughs> to show he was gay. I was just like, okay, here we go. So there's this moment where everyone's like, are you, are you gay? Are you yeah, gay? just the entire town. Everybody is watching the Oscars at their at their house. Kevin Klein is watching it with Joan Cusack. His parents, who still live in the town, are are watching it at their house. The the students all get together. The entire town is frozen, <laughs> uh, just absolutely frozen, uh, in horror at the announcement that Kevin Klein's character Howard Brackett is gay. Right and. Kevin Klein's immediate, Kevin Klein lets his wrist go slack. As you said he also throws the remote out the window. <laughs> yeah, and he and he says the only explanation is that he's joined a cult. Oh yeah, yeah, is that uh, Matt Dillon is a Scientologist now? Right, right, right. That's the only way that he could be acting so erratically. Yeah. And then knock on the door. His parents. I don't know how close they lived, but they just fucking bolt over. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and they're just like, is it true? Right, but they do say, which is I, to their credit, they say, we love you regardless, as long as you get married. Yes, right. They say we love you no matter what, but you have to get married. Right. And at this point, I'm having the best time. Like, all of my notes, <laughs> this is like, this is delightful. This is so fun. <laughs> it is a very funny scene. All of the react, just the mo- 80% of this movie is just Kevin Klein reacting to things with shock, and it's great. Oh, he's a, it's, he's incredible. It's wonderful. But they say, we love you no matter what, but you have to get married. There's one line where Kevin Klein says he might sue uh, for slander. Oh, right. Uh, and, and his dad, Wilford Brimley, who's played by Wilford Brimley, says, uh, oh, make sure you get that Johnny Cochran, not that woman. Yeah. <laughs> I, I assume meaning Marsha Clark. Oh, so good. <laughs> I loved it. I think it's great. And I just really love that everyone, again, still really loves him. They're just scared, which is it's a very interesting uh, reaction for the writer to make everyone have, which is like a fear. And then when he reassures them that he's not a very sweet relief, immediate relief, Imme- um, everyone's conflicted They're, They don't turn on him. They just they want answers. Right. And. And, by the way, his excuse, which he brings up repeatedly um, to his parents, to the other people in the town, to the media who's about to descend on the town, is, of course I'm not gay. I'm about to get married. Right, because that's the only way. That's the, I mean, <laughs> that, you know, that locks it up. Right. But the interesting thing is, is that other characters are starting to notice, like, actually, you know, he could be gay. And this is my favorite part of the whole thing, is all of the things that list what makes a man a man and what makes a gay man a man (laughs) and it's always all the gay stuff is said by the other characters which is really cute because you know you're they're they're the ones that are getting made fun of off of these vast generalizations but they're hilarious like a a gay man according to his students is smart well-dressed clean runs the drama club Rides a bike. Rides a bike, yes. <laughs> yeah. Is a totally decent human being. A totally yep. decent human being is what Zach Orth says, who is also a treasure in this movie. <laughs> because if you're a totally decent human being, I just want to let you know you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> so he has this this back and forth with his students who are like, hey, uh, are you gay? Uh, at, at this point, na- national news vans have surrounded the school. Oh, right. Um. The students hit him with this list of, you know, you do you do wear bow ties. Like, right. you, you do... You do ride a bike. You do ride a bike. <laughs> um, 
you see uh, you see uh, the teachers' lounge scene as well, and there's like the one guy who didn't watch the Oscars, and he's like, "Why are we all talking about Howard?" And, and one of the women snaps at him. And it's like, "Cause he likes dick, Ed." <laughs> something that i have said probably but you know the new the news vans are swarming t- uh the uh cameras are trying to get in the school while he's teaching the principal who is played by bob newhart like is clearly just mortified by all of this attention oh yeah uh and like sneaks into the classroom to be like uh hey uh they want pictures of the gay guy <laughs> he's like but kevin klein's like no i'm gonna I'm going to straighten things out. It's not a big deal. And as he's about to walk out, his students say, hey, uh, Mr. Brackett, watch the hands. Because again, <laughs> his wrists were slack. Because that's the telltale sign that someone is gay. It, well, it's riding a bike. It's slack wrists. It's being clean. It, it's being clean. It's Barbara Streisand, which we'll get to her in a minute. Um, some of the questions from the reporters are... Um, kind of interesting. Do you know Ellen was one of them, which, right. which we made reference to. The other one that I, I wrote down is, uh, do you think gay people should handle produce? Oh, uh, I didn't hear that. I don't. I didn't hear that one. Which is kind of funny, but also we're still at a point in our history where people are asking, like, should gay people like be able to buy a cake? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. So I guess we d- one... switch from fruit to baked goods to the bakery yeah no different different department uh in the store uh but that one felt a little weird um there was one one line uh from the student one of the students as well where he's like there's only two times when it's okay to do gay stuff (laughs) emergency situations it's prison or guys in space (laughs) yeah but the guys in space thing is only because they're floating around and you know their dicks could be out and it's just right. finds their way into yeah it's accidental it's yeah. accidental it's yeah space. that's the way that it happens in space and he says yeah. it's basic cl- plumbing it's divided into <laughs> in holes and out holes gay that's guys right. put stuff in the out holes and so that's why it's fucked up it, like i feel like unfortunately that also still feels somewhat relevant <laughs> yeah that's definitely the argument for a lot of bigots it's like that's right. unnatural right I, I wrote a lot of things in my notes about uh, the state of Indiana that I'm just kind of skipping over. Uh, oh, my God. Just about, just about how repressed this town must be uh, when they have a gay man, who, by the way, keeps saying he's not gay, and yet it still roils the town right. um, for right. a I mean, full week. I find it interesting that there's only one gay person in that entire town. And, you know, we don't see at any time another character go up to him and say, like, hey, like, this is a great opportunity for Paul Rudnick, by the way, but that he did not take, which is like, hey, like, I've been actually confused. And because you came out, I feel comfortable coming out. Everybody is actually treating you pretty much the same. They're all just confused. But thank you for doing it because this is great. You know, like, all of this could have happened, but it was just boiled down to plumbing and in holes and out holes it was just like what a terrible missed opportunity yeah huge missed opportunity what's the other like we're gonna talk a lot about this i think but (laughs) the other thing is tom Selleck is in town oh yeah tom Selleck's character the hollywood journalist is gay right and what is fascinating is you know first of all it's funny because tom Selleck is playing against type right but 
Tom Selleck's character is a, I think, a very interesting and nuanced gay character, particularly for 1997. Absolutely. It was a man who was pretty much closeted up until he just couldn't do it anymore, and it was not a big deal, and he's still very successful. And you're just like, oh, this is what it could be. And the shit he is dealing with is not like, why does everyone think I'm gay? It's like, hey, my job kind of (laughs) sucks, and I got to find a way to make this story work. Right. And it's just like, that that to me is a great character to illustrate hey gay men can you know can be there's no need, there's no need to be scared of gay men exactly and and um, it tom Selleck was an excellent choice for casting because oh he was great because he's a man's man for all intents and purposes for the from the 80s you know he was doing you know, kind of tough guy stuff, and then he started to do more comedies and things. But he was always a sex symbol. And so when you have, you know, at this time period, straight men watching this movie, which I don't really know if there were any. Well, there were people getting dragged there by their girlfriends. Right. They were like, oh, okay, I guess being gay is okay if Tom Selleck is playing a gay man, which is great. It's progress in a way. Um, But the way that they wrote it was he was pretty much the only human in general everyone else was very broad but he was he was very grounded it didn't feel like he was also in a different movie than anyone else but he he was very grounded and i think we needed that if we didn't have that it'd be chaos ironically i'd consider him the straight man (laughs) anyways we should end uh the podcast forever yeah yeah we're done Uh, thanks for listening everybody we had a really good run (laughs) anyway (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, should we talk about the bachelor party scene? Yes! Okay, so Kevin Klein is dealing with the fucking downfall of his life. Everyone's treating him pretty much the same, but with intense fear. They're trying so hard. They're trying so hard. And again, credit where credit is due to these people. They're not like you fucking are gross or anything they're great they still love him and but they're like oh well why don't we change up the bachelor party then uh but in actuality they planned it this way it was before (laughs) he was actually outed by matt dylan's character they had a bachelor party where they were all gonna listen to funny girl together okay okay (laughs) so hang on i have i have paragraphs of notes (laughs) <laughs> the most the most important thing I want to get across is they were not going to listen to Funny Girl. I thought that too. He pulled it out. I'm like, that's a vinyl of Funny Girl. Wasn't a vinyl because he said, I don't want to watch this. Oh my it god. Was, it was a goddamn laser disc. Oh that just dates me. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing is Kevin Klein uh walking into the bachelor party really tries to butch it up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, He's like, hm, he, hm. He's like, give me, a, give me a cigar, give me a drink. Like he, he tries to be all manly because he knows he's got to crawl out of this hole, uh, and convince his friends he's not gay. Um, and his friends give him a cigar, and they're like, we got your favorite, and they give him the uh, present, which is going to be the Barbara Streisand laser disc. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he's like, oh, what do we got? We got a porno. Uh, <laughs> we got, and the fictional name of the porno that he uh, says is Little Oral Annie, <laughs> which. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna like here's a note to the friend of the show. What's the writer's name? Paul Rednick. 
Paul Rudnick. Little note to friend of the show, Paul Rudnick. If you're going to come up with a uh, fictional title for a porn film, uh, think of one that doesn't sound like it has children in it. I know. I was really grossed out. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they all say, like, hey, like, do you want to watch? Wait, do did, did they say, do you want to watch Yentl? I forget. They, they said, they said like, if you don't want to watch Funny Girl, we can watch, uh, and then they just list all of Barbara Streisand's other films. <laughs> um, and they get to Yentl, and they're like, well, you want to watch Yentl? And Kevin Klein's like, no, guys, I want to leave. And one guy, I think to kind of get a rise out of Kevin Klein, is like, that's fine. We don't need to watch Yentl. Yentl sucks. Yeah, because he's offended because he's leaving his bachelor party. Because they put all of this together for him, and it was actually made for him. They are incredibly thoughtful gesture. Absolutely, and again, it's uh, the way that the writer makes this happen is we're establishing that they know him well and they accept all of his quote unquote idiosyncrasies because he likes Barbara Streisand and they they also embrace it into their lives they've all seen funny girl they've all seen a star is born they've all seen Yentl it's nice it's it's a community that Kevin Klein has built from like closeted queerness and they also don't know (laughs) and that's right and that's the thing so it's like on the one hand these are really good friends right because they they're like oh he's into Barbara Streisand we're all gonna watch all of Barbara Streisand's films with him and learn to love them <laughs> right because he's our friend but also like is the is the joke that the whole town is kind of gay <laughs> I think the joke is that they all were very accepting of it but they just didn't know what that was called yeah there's that's no, a good point there's no words for it when nobody says the word gay out loud I guess that's a really good point yeah that's why I, I think. It's very good natured the way that these people are shown as being very ignorant about gay culture, but they all do it with a lot of love. And so none of it ever feels like you're worried that he's never going to be accepted. If anything, it's like, no, they've been accepting you since the beginning, but it's all about how you need to accept yourself, which is obviously the whole journey that Kevin Klein has to go on. But it's, it's like a very moving depiction of friendship and relationships with your family as well and i just really appreciated that because it in 1997 if this queer kid who is confused goes to the movies with his family and he sees that he's like oh that is possible for me so it's good Mm. it's positive i love it i'm into it okay okay i'm on board (laughs) you're like i you're like i want to tear this movie apart and i'm like no it's actually no i don't want to tear the movie apart i i liked it it just it, I, it's very it just, dated. I get it. It's so <laughs> insane. We're not even at my favorite scene. Uh, but uh, before we get to my favorite scene, there's a couple other scenes. Like uh, Bob Newhart tells him, like, you need to get married or you're fired. Like, Which, hello, that's illegal. Well, yeah, but it is It is a private school. And sadly, I, um, I know a few people who uh, – well, not a few people. I know, like, two people who worked in Catholic education that, you know, compromised their job security by being gay. Oh, wow. Uh, which is appalling and and shouldn't happen, but still does, sadly. Well, good for um, them for coming out. Hell yeah. Yeah. Solidarity. I would, exactly. I would say Bob Newhart does have a very funny line in here, which is where Kevin Klein says, do I look like a homosexual? And Newhart just replies, uh, could you walk for me? <laughs> Oh, Bob Newhart's so good in this. Uh, he is. Master of deadpan. Oh, yeah. And then Kevin Klein goes to confession. Uh, right. As most wh- Catholics do. 
Right, but he's not Catholic, and he tells the priest that. He's like, oh, I uh, I have a friend who's Catholic, and he's oh, very right. busy. <laughs> and the priest is just like, yeah, okay, that's a normal thing. Right, right, I'm here to confess for my friend. Right. And he's and like, great, the, go for it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, absolutely, yeah, what's what's on your friend's mind? <laughs> and the priest, you know, Kevin Klein kind of explains the um, dilemma he's in where he's been really embattled, and he's about to get married, and uh, and he's worried about his relationship with Joan Cusack. His friend uh, is, his friend is. His friend is. <laughs> and the priest the priest is basically like, well, why don't you just fuck Joan Cusack? <laughs> right, but the bombshell drops. Again, I just, I think it's just so brilliant the way that he's dropping all these pieces of information about Kevin Klein's life because you're also so sure at the beginning that he's not gay. But the right. bombshell for this one is that he's actually never had a physical relationship with his fiance That's for three right. years. That's right. He, right. So he, ha- he and Joan Cusack have not had sex at all. Oh my God. And, and now, right. And now the audience is starting to think like, okay, hang on a second. <laughs> He does ride a bike. Right. And he is very clean. He does have yellow blazers. And he hasn't had sex ever. Right. And even the priest is like, dude, you got to bang. Like, he's like, go right. to her. Yeah, the, the priest is like, dude, like, get all, get all up, get all up on that. I don't, I don't remember the exact line. I'm paraphrasing. I wrote, but, dude, you uh, got to bang. <laughs> that's probably it. It it's was very romantic. That. Uh, my rental expired, so I can't go back and check. Uh, but the, the so Kevin Klein runs home in a horny fury, uh, and is he horny basi- though, or is he forcing it? Is he forny? He- <laughs> <laughs> That's when you force yourself to be horny. <laughs> I'm, so- I'm sorry that. That's really good. Uh, (laughs) He's he's forny. He runs in on Joan Cusack, who is working out to Richard Simmons. And by the way, the visual of her like super into her workout is hilarious. Oh, she's so great. Brilliant physical comedian. Just great. Um, So he runs in her as as she's working out and basically like jumps on top of her. Right. And and is like, Which yeah. Which does not feel right. It doesn't feel right at all. Well, it doesn't help that he yells, who's gay now? Oh, <laughs> I forgot he did that. Uh, oh. But basically, he freaks out because Richard Simmons is still on TV. Right. And so, he like takes a glance and he's like, ah! and he's yeah. just like, oh, and she's like, what's gotten into you? What's this yeah. isn't like you? Which is, again, big red flag. And he runs right. out and he's like, ah, fuck. And he's freaking out. He, he's riding his bike. I, I guess he's going home. Yeah, and yeah. Tom Selleck's character is driving and almost hits him. And he falls off his bike on the side of the road. He's like, what's going on? And he's like, ah, I'm freaking out. My whole life is falling apart. And Tom Selleck is this, again, the straight man, is this sea of calm that we really so need. <laughs> and tells him, like, oh, you know, like, you're pretty much, you're, you're, you're gay, buddy. Right. He's like, you're gay. And and he says this line, which is very touching, where he says, you know, sometimes the worst thing you think could happen is actually the best thing. Exactly. And the lesson, I assume, being like, you think this is bad and embarrassing, but you realizing who you actually are is going to be the best thing in the world for you. Absolutely. And the best part is that he also has a lot of empathy for Howard's 
fiance, Joe Cusack's character, because he's like, think about what you're doing to her. Right. Which it's, it's, you know, that's a, it's something real that a lot of people have experienced, unfortunately, and they're calling it out. And that's very, very, very progressive. I love that. Uh, and then uh, Kevin Klein's still freaking out, so Tom Selleck kisses him <laughs> for 12 seconds. I just wrote, assault. That kiss was assault. But also, he liked it? <laughs> it well, it, there's a hilarious physical reaction from Kevin Klein where he wraps his leg around Selleck, right. but it's so awkward and weird. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, this 12-second kiss is cited in every single review of the film. It was a huge deal at the time. Absolutely. And uh, it was supposed to be uncomfortable at the time. Uh, yes. Watching it through the eyes of myself now, it's hilarious to watch his reactions just as an like as an yeah. actor. He's just like flailing his arms around. He's kind of pushing away, but then he accepts it. You're not seeing that portion of it when you're like, oh my God, two guys are kissing. Right. Which was the frame of mind from 97. Right. Uh, two guys two guys are kissing, and one of them is Tom Selleck. Right. One is a masculine man. Right. And the other one's Kevin Klein, who, eh, you know. Uh, <laughs> it could go either way. Good for Kevin him. Klein, Kevin Klein is not gay. I looked it up, but I did have to look it up. So, you know, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's an incredible actor, and he gave this character a lot of truth with this, the trope that he was given. So I feel like, you know, yeah. he nailed it. <laughs> But I, I just love the way that for the rest of the film from here, it's slowly revealed more and more that he's been hiding who he really is and he's coming into his own. And instead of watching him struggle, burying it deep, 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 deep down, we're watching him come out of it and embracing it. And it, this is when I feel like the movie gets even more fun and I was just cackling and like my neighbors were probably like, can you please shut the fuck up? Because it is just such a joy, all of it. Yeah, so we got to talk about the Exploring Your Masculinity cassette tape. Right, so Kevin Klein apparently, it is alluded, that he has been struggling with his masculinity and he bought this tape that helps him be a man. And this angry, angry, angry man is speaking and he gives him the criteria of being a manly man. Right. Sta stand He's straight like, and tall. Untuck your shirt. Just no, one untuck side. half your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> And Kevin Klein's like, ah, I look so messy. <laughs> and he tells him to grab his balls. He says, grab your package. And he's like, huh? And he's like, not what? that package. The mail hasn't come today. <laughs> he has to say, yo, and hot damn. <laughs> and then also uh, the tape prompts him to say, what a fabulous window treatment. And it was a trick. He was like, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. But the most critical thing is that manly, a truly manly man does not dance. So they start playing I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor and just <laughs> just narrating over it. Do not. Can you hear the demon? Resist the demon. At all costs, avoid rhythm, grace and pleasure. <laughs> um, and thus begins the second dance sequence in the movies we've been watching. Uh, yeah. So, On this podcast. So Kevin Klein tries to tries to hold back. And eventually he can't. And he just fucking rips his shirt off and 
goes nut just like he rips just off goes his, nuts. his masculine flannel shirt his outer shirt he's right. got a tight black t-shirt <laughs> under it just goes for it now the first time i saw this scene i just i am really worried <laughs> about the the balance that they're striking between like like the tape is funny Right. The tape is very funny. It is a satire of kind of a warped understanding of masculinity. I get that. Right. But I'm worried that too many people would laugh at just Kevin Klein dancing all gay like that is funny. Like, I'm right. worried that's what came across. Right. But I feel like the the dialogue from the tape helps make it less about that it's more of like he says men don't dance they work they drink they have bad backs and while he's saying like they have bad backs he's doing like an arch in his back and he's like (laughs) like he's killing it truly and he's all sweaty when he's done so i feel like i don't know if it was i don't know i feel i feel like it's good natured i don't know okay This was a t- watching this whole scene. I felt like my brain was in a Chinese finger trap. Like I just just couldn't well figure out how to read it. There yeah, was a lot I, of gratuitous it, butt shots. I feel like that was the part where I was like, "Oh, we don't need to to go yeah. into that kind of thing." But okay. I will say, um, when you're um, if you're a white guy in high school, like when you're 16, um, they they give you a tape like that that's just don't be an insufferable white high schooler but instead of <laughs> Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive they play the cake cover of I Will Survive but other than that it's the same tape that is a very niche joke because I was never a white boy in high school and I've never yeah. listened to cake <laughs> yeah I'm probably I'm probably gonna cut it um no it's good <laughs> it's good you need to embrace who you are like Kevin Klein does <laughs> yeah cake was the first concert I saw um Aww. Yeah, ask me how they were live. How were they live? They kicked ass. <laughs> Please don't take this out. <laughs> okay. That's amazing. But anyways, it's uh, it's time for the wedding. It's uh, time for the plot twist. I honestly, I hadn't seen the movie in like, I'm probably over 10 years. And I was actually flabbergasted that they actually went through with the wedding. I felt like the wedding was supposed to be canceled by the end of the movie, but they really went for it. Nope. There's a wedding. Oh, my God. As the priest is reading the vows, like you see, like, like Joan Cusack says, I do. And then a priest reads Kevin Klein's vow, you know, do you take this woman to love and honor and obey? And you see kind of this wave of realization coming over Kevin Klein's face. Ugh. He's so and, and, he's pr- and right at the part where he's like, supposed to say, I do. He looks Joan Cusack in the eye and says, I'm I'm gay. gay. (laughs) Poor Joan. I just imagine how repressive this town must be where you don't know that you're gay until you're up on the altar. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, I mean, you picked out, according to to Joan Cusack, he picked out her dress. She highlighted her hair because he said she needed shimmer. Yeah. And he ne- just, and he had tapes to help him be masculine and yet he didn't know until this moment after that conversation with Tom Selleck. Joan Cusack goes on this tirade which clearly was her Oscar reel and, and oh, should yeah. have been. Oh yeah. Um, it, uh, just the hilarious line, is there any other time you might have told me this? 
she But she is, said, she said that you're creative, you were smarter, more sensitive, more interesting than most of the guys out there. And right. and you're just like, ugh, my heart was just breaking for her because what is, she was saying was so truthful. It is a very tragic scene. Yeah. Because she has tied her self-esteem to the fact that she found, like, she lost all this weight and she found a man willing to marry her. Finally, according to her. Right. And so that, sad. And she, she, this this line which just breaks my heart where she says, I thought you could make me feel like a beautiful woman instead of the girl nobody wanted. And then shortly after that, she yells, fuck Barbara Streisand. <laughs> yeah, Which, you got to throw another Barbara Streisand reference in there just it, to make sure we really bring it home that he's gay. It's a PG-13 movie, so you only get one use of fuck. I think it was very well used in this case. <laughs> Absolutely. It was so good. And thus begins one of my favorite physical moments of hers where she runs into her car in her wedding dress. And yes. it's huge. It's huge. She's stuffing it into her car. She can't close the door because it's spilling out. And then she finally gets in. And there's a moment where she's looking at him and the automatic seatbelt from the 90s just <laughs> closes. And she drives away. It's just one of the best moments of probably I've ever seen her do. She's so good. I do feel like that decade really underutilized the automatic seatbelt as a punchline. Because oh. <laughs> uh, it's because it's funny every time. It's so good. And and the, the moment after where Tom Selleck finds Howard and is like, congratulations, like you did it. And he's just like, no, like I just ruined this woman's life. I ruined life. multiple people's lives. Yeah, but he's like, no, but think of how much you're helping them. And that's, like, I guess that's the message. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kevin Klein's life is in shambles. Right. Act three of the film is starting. It's time for Matt Dillon to come back. Oh, hell yeah. And and everyone else in the town is kind of reeling from it. Like, the, there's, a, there's a scene where the mom is sitting around with her friends. Or is that later? No, no, this, this is around the same time. Yeah, they're sitting around and... And uh, the mom feels miserable because they're in the reception venue. Right. And, and all she uh, wants, all she wants is the perfect wedding. That's it. And what what ends up happening in that scene, this was also kind of a weird scene because each of the um, women, like, go around in a circle and confess something that they've been hiding deep within themselves. <laughs> like, the right. Rice Krispie treats aren't really my recipe. Uh, <laughs> and, like, all I could think was, like, well, that's not exactly the same right but kevin klein's mom who's played by the amazing debbie reynolds she said what did i do and i think that was a really beautiful moment because that she was met with her friend saying you had two kids you fed them the same you raised them the same you loved them the same and one of them is gay and the other one is walter who's like yeah. the dumb brother <laughs> who's a but, dumbass yeah but the, that was it was a lot of there was a lot of love there a lot of empathy of just like there's nothing you could have done this is something that he just is which was beautiful and that way ahead of beautiful. its time and also you know wilford brimley the dad goes to um comfort his son and i think oh, yeah. that's also a very good scene absolutely 
where he says, you know, he he asks a couple like awkward questions, kind of tongue in cheek, like, "Will you be going into show business?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, he also asked if he was going to have an operation, which I was just like, "Oh, come on." <laughs> yeah, may, we're not mm, we're not there yet. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and Kevin Klein reveals uh, in this scene where he's with Wilford Brimley that uh, he lost his job. And Wilford Brimley's like, well, are you going to go to graduation? Kevin Klein's like, well, I've been fired, so no. And Wilford Brimley's like, you should go because you taught those kids and they want to see you there. And yeah, he says, if you're not there, what are they going to think? And right. that's, again, the message is, is like, this is about living your truth. And so far, everybody is okay with it. It's shitty, but there are, that all of these lies were told and then he built up this kind of imaginary life. But now the truth has come out and it's like, this is such a great reaction from everybody. Like, even the dad, he's like, I'm kind of ignorant. He just, he said, like, I'm just a farmer. You know, like, I don't know about this kind of thing. But he still was being really loving and sweet to him. And I thought that was just such a, like, I wish that more people had this kind of experience. Because I know of a lot of people who have had really terrible experiences. But this, it gives, it gives me a lot of hope. And I love it. And it was from 97. Get out of town. <laughs> 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 Matt Dillon uh, hears about this on the because he sees Tom Selleck's story on it basically. Yeah. Um, he uh, he come he goes back to Indiana uh, with his supermodel wife, who is disgusted that she even has to enter the state of Indiana. There's one very funny visual gag where she doesn't know how to dial a rotary phone, uh, and just like <laughs> just like taps the holes on the rotary, and it's like, why won't it work? Um, but uh you know he's back in town nobody knows he's back yet we cut to joan cusack who is driven straight from church to the bar which i get uh she orders vodka and peanuts because she wants to gorge um and tom Selleck uh is there and he tries to console her um and she's just like i'm super horny (laughs) it's been three Uh, years it's been three years do you want to just have sex and he's like "Uh, i'm i'm gay too and she's like what the hell is this it was the funniest damn is anyone here not gay (laughs) and i think she also added this scene into her oscar reel as well because uh she runs into the street yes She's, she's crying and uh matt dylan's character cameron is driving his car and she's just like standing in front of the car i think she's just like ready to die and she's just like will you sleep with me (laughs) and the car stops right in front of her and it's him she throws herself on it and he's like mrs montgomery yeah because he recognized her because she was his teacher yeah and she just goes on this rant and ends up on the ground in her wedding dress and i think again oscar real that was amazing yes and she's just like Um, nobody wants me nobody wants me it's so sad and he like i remember he like offers to dance with her because the music is playing from the bar and yeah her her immediate reaction is i can't you're a student (laughs) i know i thought that a little bit gross like it's it's definitely implied in this scene that he like had a crush on her and she had a crush on him when they were in school together which yeah. i did not like i i forgot about that uh that's an excellent point anyways they probably end up together after the film so yeah yeah but to... it, the the nice thing though is that i mean obviously there's a lot of fat shaming in this movie which uh is shitty but um he tells her like 
I thought you were beautiful even when you were fat. So there's this moment where you're like, okay, he, Kevin Klein's character might not love her, but he is, that she is actually loved, obviously by her student, which is a whole other issue, but he loved her for who she was. He said, skinny girls can be so annoying sometimes, which is, it's a, you know, obviously a callback to his. Thinly veiled dig at the, at the supermodel. Yeah, exactly. And, but now, you know, he's not a student. He's going to dance with her. She's looks, she's looking good. And, and there's this like actual moment of connection that she gets to have. So, you know, in the end, she's going to be okay. Like it's a little bit of a hint so that you don't feel so bad. It's not a complete tragedy. Yeah, that it is good. We do, we do need to see her be okay. Yes, exactly. Well, she's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> she's great. She's so great. But now it's time for the climax of the film. It's graduation. Everybody's there. There's an empty chair on the stage because Kevin Klein's not there. Which, why do you leave the chair out? I don't know. And just put it away. Just put the chair away, guys. Also, this is where I prove that there are no people of color in this movie. Yeah, there's even zero. Even the extras who are white. It is. I'm not saying this as an excuse. It is Indiana? But it is. It is Indiana. <laughs> uh, so the Bob Newhart is there, and and instead of making it about the kids, he wants to announce the the Teacher of the Year award, which is so ridiculous. I was just like, okay, here we go. And we're all expecting Howard Brackett to win Teacher of the Year because legitimately he is very loved. Like. They all bought champagne underage at the beginning of the yeah, movie. And, and had it in the locker room. And then we're is... going to spray him because it was his wedding week. And he just wanted to celebrate. <laughs> like, he's a very loved teacher. <laughs> so, but it's he's not teacher of the year. Uh, no. Teacher of the year is fucking Ed. Yeah, nobody likes Ed. Nobody likes Ed. But during, during the ceremony, during the presentation... Um, Kevin Klein takes his seat. He he shows up to the ceremony. He just walks up on stage and sits down. Yeah. Uh, very badass. Bob Newhart tries to go on as though nothing uh, is happening, um, but can't do that for very long because Matt Dillon is showing up. Ah, it's Cameron Drake! Yeah. Crowd goes nuts because uh, he's an Academy Award winning actor, and Bob Newhart has to fess up that, you know, Howard Brackett's been fired. Matt Dillon is like, well, what the hell? He, you know, he gives this kind of inspirational talk about how wonderful Howard Brackett is. But did you say that it was a, a question of influence that what, that Bob Newhart said? Oh, yes, yes. That I, I left that out. Good, good point. Yes. The reason um, Bob Newhart uh, is um, uncomfortable with having Kevin Klein there is like, oh, I don't want the kids to I don't want them to give the kids gayness. Right. It's a whatever. question of influence, which I thought was so gross. Right. And unfortunately, still relevant, I think, in some circles. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, they did say like, hey, you know, if you're around gay people, does that make you gay? Is right. that in, the, in this movie? They all raise yeah. their hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, <laughs> I'm confused. This is the I am Spartacus moment is right, when right, they're right. like, I'm gay. I'm gay. I'm gay. The letter carrier says he's gay. Uh, his parents say they're gay. One of the students actually has a very funny line where she's like, oh, God, I'm turning gay right now. <laughs> uh, and then the orchestra strikes up. They play People by Barbara Streisand. They just had that ready to go. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't 
didn't even realize that that was what that song was. What yeah. a great nuanced Barbra Streisand reference. Well, the only reason I caught it is I watched this with the subtitles on. And oh. so the, um, <laughs> the, the caption cue is like, Barbra Streisand's People starts playing. Yeah, only a true gay and those with subtitles would know that. <laughs> so... Bob Newhart's like, well, Ed won Teacher of the Year. We can't give it to Kevin Klein. And Matt Dillon's like, well, maybe he should get something else. Bam. Gives Kevin Klein his Oscar. What? What a what a beautiful moment. I was overwhelmed. <laughs> it, it was it was real weird. Um, <laughs> I I assume it was a big deal scene in 1997. Right. Uh but it was real weird. It was real weird. I, honestly, I feel like it was a little bit just awkward in general. I don't know if it was just, I don't know, the writing or <laughs> or just what, what the message was, which is like, if you're gay, you get an Oscar? Like, I don't know what they were trying to say with that whole thing. I think, obviously, they're trying to laud him as being larger than what they're making him out to be, which I, I respect, Beloved by everyone in the town. Right, right. So he is the Academy Award-winning actor of this place, I guess. But I don't know. It just kind of fell flat for me. I did like the show of support from everyone, which was great. But when the Oscar came out, I was like, this is a little cheesy. <laughs> is this the resolution we really needed? Yeah, I guess this is what everyone aspires to, I guess. I mean, let's let's go into the showbiz part of it, is that everybody was watching the Oscars like it was the Super Bowl. That's true. That is the most dated part of the film. Yeah, like nobody really, I don't know, maybe it's because I live in LA and nobody really like actually cares, but they're just wanting to be like cynical about it. <laughs> but this was a time when the Oscars were like an event. It was the Super Bowl. Everybody got together. They had the parties, yeah. you know, it was wild. And so when he gives him the Oscar, like that's a huge deal for this town. Now it seems a little dated and kind of sad, but... <laughs> At the time, yeah. it was probably groundbreaking and amazing. I mean, at least it wasn't like a Golden Globe, though. Can you imagine? I know. <laughs> He's like, maybe he should get something else. And Kevin Klein's like, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. You can keep your Golden Globe. Uh, or it's like a SAG award. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> That's so good. The uh, Okay, so we flash forward. It's a wedding. Hey, wait a second. Another wedding. Wait a second. Kevin Klein and Tom Selleck are both wearing tuxes in the back room of the chapel. Oh my god. Are we going to see a gay wedding of in 1997? Not. Of course not. You're going to see no. some straight ass people getting married, okay? They're not even getting married. It's a goddamn vow renewal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, why was Tom Selleck invited to this? Because he's just a part of the community now, okay, Tony? You have to accept this. He feels, he feels like he could be himself. I do appreciate uh, that Wilford Brimley wore sunglasses to his vow renewal. <laughs> I think also, you know, there is a little bit of an allusion to possibly them being interested in each other. Yes. Them being Howard and Tom Selleck's character. So, yes. you know, good for Kevin Klein. Like, his first big get is Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, good good work. I mean, Go they Howard. came together... They, they came together through collective struggle, I think. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and you know, like the wedding, you're seeing everybody enjoy themselves and you kind of see a, a where are they now. Right. And that's the closing credits is they're all dancing to Macho Man at the reception. <laughs> uh, Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein, great dancer. 
and he like kind of bumps up against Tom Selleck at one point, and they look at each other like, "Hey, what's what's going on hey, here?" Hey, um, how you it doing? also appears that Joan Cusack and Matt Dillon are together. <laughs> yeah, and the 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 sexy model woman is dancing with Howard's brother. And so you see that, you know, even though Cameron Dre kind of leaves her at the motel so he can go do what he needs to do, she ends up okay. I like to think that Cameron Drake not only abandoned her at the motel to do his thing, he then flew back to L.A. without her. <laughs> it was never stated, and, but we're all thinking yeah, it. And she just she just lives there now because she can't <laughs> figure out how to book a plane ticket. <laughs> she can't use the phone. <laughs> the internet didn't exist back then on that level. So I know for our last film, we said, don't watch it, because uh, it, it was bad. This <laughs> one, this one, I'm going to say, very dated, but, uh, you'll but have it's fun. not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It was actually a, a lot time. of fun. Yeah. I did want to go into a little bit of um, being outed. I feel like that's something we didn't yes. touch upon. But it's very interesting. Um, obviously, people who are outed don't always get the same reactions that Howard bracket does in this movie but i just want to point out that there are a lot of celebrities that are out because they were outed against their will and so you know this is a great example of what could go right if that happened but just as you know the takeaway from this movie is don't out someone (laughs) no don't jesus Uh, christ the people who uh have been outed against their will include george michael uh that for he was being arrested for a sexually lewd act uh, also, the Apple CEO, Tim Cook, he was outed by a uh, CNBC anchor. Really? Yeah. Uh, and it was live on the air, so he had to come out. So that sucks. He was like, he's like an older guy. You know, it's kind of a Howard Brackett situation, but that's yeah. shitty. Um, T.R. Knight from Grey's Anatomy was outed oh, by sure. an actor on set. Queen Latifah was outed by the paparazzi. Most people who are closeted, for whatever reason that they are able to, to have you know it's totally valid most of them were because of paparazzi jeez including an nfl player carrie rhodes who has not been playing he was outed in mm-hmm. 2013 he never really got signed to a team or anything mm-hmm. um he was blacklisted uh portia de rossi ellen's hot wife sure. yep she was she was outed uh pete williams the journalist was outed as well uh ricky martin was outed and Lee Pace was outed by his fellow actor Ian McKellen during a press junket for The Hobbit. Oh, jeez. Come on, Ian McKellen. I know, of all people. <clears throat> uh, Lance Bass obviously was outed by Paris Hilton and Kathy Griffin. Uh, Clay Aiken also was outed by Kathy Griffin. Kevin Spacey, unfortunately, was outed because he's a sexual deviant. Yeah, because he's a but... pedophile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Neil Patrick Harris, Zachary Quinto. Uh, it's crazy. Like, everything is bananas it's it's not okay to out people and again this movie is the best case scenario of what could happen when you out someone but don't do it (laughs) no don't don't do it guys that's not your place also you know if there's a family member who just let's get let's get let's get close guys gather around if there's a family member who reaches out to you to tell you that they're confused or they're actually in the know that they're gay don't tell your other cousins or aunts or uncles. Let them tell. Because that's not okay. <laughs> I'm not speaking from experience, but I have heard just horror stories from friends who have been outed to other family members. So don't do it. If someone feels that they can confide in you, that they are a part of the LGBT community, and you're in a place 
or your family is in a place where it, you know it's not going to be well received it's not your job to say anything your job is to listen and to give love and that is my lesson for the day <laughs> no it's good because you know i think we see that you know from all of kevin klein's friends yeah uh, exactly and, uh and his parents and his family and uh Joan Cusack, I think, is kind of pissed off at him, and I, I understand that one, to be but honest. But she ends up with Cameron Drake she, at the she, end, and she's eating Cheetos with him, so everything's fine. That's right. She was eating Cheetos. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the main takeaway, do not out anybody. Obviously, we've seen a lot of celebrities who have been outed against their will, and that must have been a really hard process for them. Um, but, you know, if you're on a smaller scale and it's someone you know, like, keep the secret. Be respectful. Yeah, it will, pro- it will probably not be a series of hilarious misunderstandings. Like no! <laughs> not at all. Not at all. It will probably be actually kind of painful and awful, so yeah. don't do it. <laughs> uh, do you want to do reviews? Absolutely. What did you let's, find, Tony? Let's do reviews. Um, I Well, here's, uh, here's the main one, which uh, I think is a good indicator of like where most of the reviews for this film went. So this is from Entertainment Weekly, uh, and this is Lisa Schwartzbaum, who uh, was a longtime critic. Um, now, I, uh, I sent you the cover of Entertainment Weekly from yes! this week in 1997, and we'll, we'll put it up on whatever social media we have uh, once once we're done recording this but uh (laughs) this film the three lead actors were on the cover of entertainment weekly uh with the headline in an outrageous how the surprise smash and its shocking kiss is turning gay into gold (laughs) Uh, incredible so schwartzbaum gave this movie an a minus uh saying quote it's that groundbreaking thing, a truly funny, sophisticated, mainstream Hollywood comedy about modern American homosexuality. Kevin Klein, deft and elegantly contained, stars as a Midwestern high school teacher who is outed on TV by a former student, much to the shock of his family and fiance, Joan Cusack, earning major compassionate laughs. As a sharky gay TV journalist investigating the story, Tom Selleck charms by playing in contrast to his own determinedly hetero persona. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, and, and this is kind of where most of the reviews went. Um, they said Kevin Klein was hilarious, which he was, and the movie was groundbreaking, which maybe. Uh, <laughs> but At the time, yeah, sure. One, one of the uh, critiques of the film, which I thought was uh, more interesting, uh, was um, Janet Maslin, who wrote for the New York Times, uh, quote, in and out is not a film to wonder how the star learned his teacher's secret or to associate gayness with actual sex. It's one that too often imagines homosexuality as a taste for bow ties and a Mm. reverence for a certain movie queen. Beautifully said. Yeah, I feel like that is... uh, all, All of the criticism of this film I was trying to do was actually put much better in that quote which makes so sense. so we could have just read the quote and then this yeah. episode would be three minutes long it'd be three minutes long uh, <laughs> sorry everyone we made sorry. you sit through this you're having I, fun but i thought that was i thought that was interesting uh very 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 good because i mean that's the one thing that's kind of missing from this movie is any sex right <laughs> right and, i mean uh, to be fair you know a lot of queer tv was very over sexualized in um, especially like the L word and queer as folk and all that stuff. So it's nice to kind of get like a wholesome thing so that all people can watch it and not just like people over a certain age. 
Yeah, that's true. It, it is meant to be, like, a broadly accessible film. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I like that. That's very well said. Yeah. Uh, do you have any on your end? Oh, hell yeah. I have a Common Sense Media. I've been tasked Excellent. with using Common Sense Media from now on. Um, it's great. I love Common Sense Media because they give parents, like, the heads up. <laughs> like, hey. They, gi- they give, like, good Christian parents the 411. Yeah. yeah, but they're also very open about the questions that you need to ask your family, which is very sweet. So th- what they say is, uh, quote, expect plenty of teasing and occasionally derogatory humor, though it's mainly used in an ironic way to poke fun at the teaser. And the movie's overall tone is good-natured and well-balanced. Although the movie deals somewhat with issues related to sex, both same-sex and heterosexual, there is no nudity. The topic is mostly covered in dialogue. Language includes a memorable use of fuck, as well as terms like homo and queer. The movie's be true to yourself theme also includes a small subplot about eating and weight. (laughs) Isn't that sweet? Like, I just like want to cradle whoever wrote this. I'm just like, you get it. (laughs) That is very sweet. They also had a good review of what women want. Honestly, Common Sense Media is uh, turning out some of the best, uh, best film criticism. Absolutely. Listen to the the discussion questions because they always include that, which I think is very sweet. And I would love to be a part of a family that actually uses these questions because I feel like it'd be very, very cute. Uh, So it's families can talk about how the film approaches its potentially controversial subject matter. Is it appropriate to tackle big issues via light comedy? How does that impact the takeaway? And also, what stereotypes does the movie include? Do you find them funny, offensive, both? Why? Are stereotypes ever appropriate? I feel like we probably should have opened the podcast with those questions. Aren't they incredible? I love yeah, Common Sense Media. If I find out that they're like really like anti-gay or like racist, I, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> I, fe- I feel like they are generally very conservative. Um, but uh, but honestly, that that line of questions, I think, seems perfectly thoughtful and uh, respectful. I love it. It's great. I think it's great. Also, you know, at the time, obviously, there, you know, this is a a conversation that might be difficult for a lot of families to have. So to have this kind of thing available is very, it's good. I like it. It, It's more open than just being like, (laughs) you're gay, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I have uh, uh, three last questions. Uh, So uh, what is something that and i think there's a lot but what is something that uh worked in 1997 and still works today um okay my favorite part of the movie is joan cusack so her reactions to howard coming out work they are very truthful because she's you know going into it with a lot of anger and it's not directed at him necessarily but it's more about the situation that they're in and i love that I think that still works. She never says anything to him that's like, fuck you, you're gay, and then a bunch of slurs, which is great. Right. <laughs> right. It's it's all about the relationship that they built and how she's going to bounce back from it, and I loved it. I think it works even now. I, I was really feeling for her. What yeah. about you? Uh, for me, I, I think there's a lot that works. Uh, I think it would be very interesting to see tom Selleck's character like in a film today oh Um, yeah i think the the character was great in 1997 i think uh that character would be even more interesting in 2018 absolutely 
so I'm I'm gonna go with uh, with Tom Selleck. But that being said, I loved all the performances. I thought, I mean, I, the other thing that I would definitely keep is the fake gay marine film. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's still so funny. It's yeah. so good. I I really do wish that they had made like like a a DVD extra of just like that movie. <laughs> And then, uh, next question, something that worked in 1997, but probably doesn't work in 2018. I want to hear your response first. I think, I honestly think it's the, the very, um, the I am Spartacus thing. (laughs) Yeah. The I am gay thing. Well, I'm gay. I'm gay. I'm gay. Like, I feel like that probably was more moving in 97 and i feel like you know watching it through the lens of now uh doesn't feel quite the same and doesn't land the same way for me right yeah it was definitely pretty cheesy i i would have to agree with you there aren't any other moments where i feel well let me think no (laughs) (laughs) no it wasn't that great uh and then uh last question something that doesn't work in 2018 and also they probably should have known better in 1997. <laughs> um, something that doesn't work. This is tough. I want to hear your answer again. <laughs> it, it is a very tough question. The dancing scene, the, the cassette tape is where I was the most uncomfortable. Oh, but I loved it. Yeah, it's it's funny, but I just feel like it straddles the line too too much for me sure sure that's totally fair that's totally fair because yeah it could definitely be a like oh hilarious that he's dancing but i took it as as the the tape but i feel like you're right more of the audience would take it as the former rather than the latter so that would definitely be i think that the other thing that wouldn't work oh you know what i feel like doesn't work the reaction that we're supposed to have to the 12 second kiss okay okay the the intention the intention is it's like oh my god this is so long this is agony look but or maybe it's oh my god this is so long look at a bunch of guys kissing right i think it's closer to that it's it it feels uh gross and disrespectful to men who do kiss and it's supposed to be a, a subject of comedy and something that we need to laugh at that's hilarious. I laughed because of Kevin Klein's performance. I didn't laugh because of the kiss itself. But at the time in 97, I'm sure that that's the latter was what people were actually laughing at. It does not work now. Now, immediately after that kiss, Kevin Klein's parents walk up <laughs> and they're like, what are, what are you doing? And Kevin Klein delivers the single funniest line in the film, which is, oh, we were just here at the intersexual. I mean, the homosexual. <laughs> I mean, the intersection. Oh, they had, they had his wedding cake in the back seat of their car, <laughs> which was even more appropriate. I was just like, oh, God, it was so stressful. <laughs> That's, I, I've been to uh, a couple weddings in Indiana, and uh, I think every single time the wedding cake has been transported in the backseat of someone's car. (laughs) Well, this was a really good, this was a really great movie. I love Indiana. I love the characters. This, it, it's dated, but it's fun. So, you know, final verdict is you should watch it.
you should watch it. I feel better after this one because after the first one, I was like, maybe yeah, well, doing this podcast was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, after watching What Women Want and talking about it, I just felt really skeeved out. <laughs> I had to watch really wholesome content after that. <laughs> and what better wholesome content than In and Out? So, hey guys, check that out. Uh, <laughs> rent it at your local video store if you still have those, but most likely you'll just uh, rent it online. This is um, a 97. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, that's our show for the week. Um, so, you can check us out on. Online. We're on Twitter at Prollyshoulda, P-R-O-L-L-Y-S-H-O-U-L-D-A. Uh, you can also follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at IMAX Afterlife. Nadia is at It's Nadia Vasquez. Uh, and uh, at the time of this recording, we have not yet set up a Facebook page or a website, but we are probably going to do that by the time this comes out, so maybe check those out uh, when you get a chance. Uh,